There is something remarkable, I think, in our gospel today that we hear that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, that they were in the boat with their father mending their nets. And Jesus came and called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. That in that moment, they left everything and began to follow this itinerant preacher named Jesus. Made me think, well, what would I drop everything for? And I thought, well, I think if you could win a large sum of money or win a new car, you might drop everything and go to that contest if there was some sort of certainty that you would at least have a chance of winning, not playing the lottery, but maybe some other contest or something. Maybe I would drop everything for that. I also thought, well, you'd probably drop everything and go take care of a sick relative. Mary in the gospel, she did that. She went and cared for her cousin Elizabeth during her pregnancy. And then I think of other people who have gone to great lengths to care for a sick relative, that they've left their family for weeks at a time to maybe go some far distance to help someone else. Well, first responders, they also do this. They drop everything, whatever they're doing in the moment, and they go and they lend their help at a car accident or at a fire. And maybe if we see someone who has fallen or something, we drop everything and we go and we help that person. Think of immigrants like the Belgians who came to America so many years ago that, well, they left everything behind, that they left their families, some of them, from their homeland. They left what was familiar to them to come to the United States in hope of a better life. But if James and John give us the answer here, it seems that what they did was that they dropped everything because of Jesus, because of God. They dropped everything for the sake of eternal life. And there have been people in the church that have done this. Think of some of the missionaries who came to the United States. Just this past week, I was in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and I visited the shrine or grave of Bishop Frederick Baraga. Bishop Baraga was a Slovenian priest, came to the United States, wanted to evangelize the people, came to the UP and the Sault Ste. Marie area, and began to preach the gospel. He especially ministered to the Native Americans and helped them in writing down their language and compiling a dictionary of the Chippewa language. He left what was familiar in his homeland, came to America for the sake of the gospel. In Philadelphia, St. John Neumann, very similar story. St. John Neumann feels the missionary call to be another St. Paul. And so he sets out for the United States, arrives in New York, is ordained a priest, begins to work in parishes, highly regarded for his leadership, and becomes the Bishop of Philadelphia, 
and he establishes the Catholic school system. He left his native land of Bohemia in order to come to America to preach the gospel to fulfill God's call for his life. The same is true for St. Anthony of the Desert. The church just had his memorial this past week. St. Anthony of the Desert, ordinary guy, had lots of means. He was entering the church one day, sat down in a pew, just like all of you have done today. And the gospel that particular day was that of the young rich man. The rich man asks that question, what must I do to inherit everlasting life? And Jesus says, go, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. And for that young rich man, he went away sad. He couldn't fathom doing that. But St. Anthony of the Desert, as he sat in the church that day, and as he heard those words, they pierced his heart so deeply that he went home, that he sold everything that he had. He established like a trust for his sister. And then he withdrew into the desert to take on a life of prayer and penance. And with these desert fathers, like St. Anthony, they were highly regarded for their spiritual counsel and lines would form in the desert. People would go seeking out his counsel and advice. But he heard the words of Scripture. They touched his life, and he responded to it. This is really something that has struck me with season three of The Chosen, that as they portray Jesus preaching or the apostles preaching, that, well, there's an audience. People are hearing the words of Jesus, and then they go and they try to live it and put it into practice in their life. I think a lot of times maybe we hear these gospel stories, we think they're nice, we can maybe imagine them, but I don't know, I've never really considered Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount and people then living every teaching that he tried to give there in that moment, and how people responded right away to the words of Jesus. But they spoke to them, and then they lived those words of Christ. Well, that's the interesting thing, that the words that Jesus speaks, he spoke to Peter and Andrew, he spoke to James and John in our gospel, and the words that Jesus says, well, he spoke them 2,000 years ago to particular people, but the value of Scripture is that it transcends time, and so now he says them to us today, and then we have the choice to accept them, the choice to follow those words or live those teachings of the Lord. Maybe as we consider this remarkable thing that happened, that James and John left their father, left their boat, left their nets, and followed Jesus unreservedly, that maybe it causes us to think about, well, what's holding me back from doing the same thing?